You pour your heart into your business, you give to your clients, and you take care of your family and your community. And you put off taking care of yourself. When you only focus on doing, you bottle up your emotions, which taxes your body and depletes your energy. You struggle to show up, to keep up, and to create results. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross. About 10 years ago, I burned out of the only career I thought I'd ever have. I got divorced, and I was crushed with chronic illness and pain. Now I have a business that I love, a husband I can grow with, and my health is on track. Through the power of coaching, I have come to recognize the resilience and power I carry within my soul. You have this resilience and power as well. Welcome to Inflow with Soul, where we create the space for playful restoration. Space to pause, to play, and to connect with your soul. Because when you take care of you, your results will take care of themselves. Welcome back to another episode of Inflow with Soul. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross, and today we're speaking with Mary Denise Mitchell. Uh, Mary and I connected probably about six or so months ago, and, and she is just one of those individuals that you recognize on a social media platform, right? It's just random, and it's like, I need to connect with her. Uh, Mary, I don't know if you remember, you had asked something in one of our coaches' groups about uh, you were starting something new, and you were asking, I think, I don't know, like, who's done this before, something to that effect. Does that sound familiar to you? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And um, I said, hey, I'm new in this too. And, you know, we, we've we connected and, and worked with and supported one another over these, these months. And Mary's been an absolute joy. So I'm really excited to be able to share her story uh, with you all today, have her share her story with us today. So before we get into that, Mary, let me just kind of introduce you to our audience. Mary Denise Mitchell is an international speaker and advocate who helps women change their inner monologue. She's certified in DISC, behavior analysis, transformation, forgiveness, and NLP. She founded The Bold Advocate to help other women learn how to shift what they say to themselves, shut down the internal struggle with self-worth, and stop letting others dictate how to direct their lives. Mary, this is a power-packed conversation today. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to get into it. All right. So as as usual, uh, we start by just ask, I want to know about your experience of becoming an entrepreneur. What was that that transition like for you? And what were some of those challenges that you faced? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what got me started was, honestly, I was in a career for a long time, over 17 years, and me and some of the leadership did not meet eye to eye and they had a different idea of how things should be than I did. Um, I'm very much about following the regulations. I'm very much about doing what is right, you know, ethical, the whole nine yards. And so they found a reason to wrongfully terminate me. And it was during that time that I was wrongfully terminated that I was like, okay, I got to figure out what to do Mm -hmm. (laughs) with my life now, because do I really want to go back to that environment? Um, if I win my 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 appeal through the federal government system, or do I just you know suck it up? And so I started really focusing on getting certified in coaching because it's something that I've always wanted to do. I've been an advocate for over twenty eight years. I think I'm actually okay. pushing thirty now. Okay, it's been a long time, and I knew then that 
I really wanted to help change perspectives so that people can change their futures, especially when it comes to the work environment, because so many times we're at work, right? And we're just there to do what we're told. Right. We're not allowed to, we're not allowed to, you know, put our opinions in if you're not part of the right crowd. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, All the politics, yeah. right? So it started with that. So then, you know, I, I got reinstated to my former position, but six months later, I was like, this is not for me. And so I just, I just walked away and packed up my little car and I drove 30, I want to say it was either 3,600 or 3,800 miles. I used to know the exact number and moved to Arizona where I thought, okay, I'm going to become, I'm going to open my own business here in Arizona. I knew nobody. I knew nobody, zero people. So I had no ends to get into anything. Right. So So why Arizona? Because my daughter convinced me that this is where we needed to come. (laughs) Got it. Okay. She was looking for something new to do too. And her in-laws live here. Um, So she she had this vision in her mind that her in-laws would help her take care of the kids while she went to school and pursued something she wanted to do. And then I could pursue my business. And so, yeah, that's how that started. It didn't quite work out that way, but we're still (laughs) here. But it was really difficult not having that in and knowing people and and. Let's let's face it. The world of coaching is it's pretty saturated, right? And right, you have to right. Do something that's different, something that makes you stand out above everybody else. And I was fairly new at this. I really didn't know what I was doing. Um, I had all the tools, but selling myself was never one of them. <laughs> it was like either take me for who I am or kick rocks. It doesn't matter to me. Right, right. <laughs> but that's not the attitude you have that you need to have going into being an entrepreneur, going networking. And I was petrified because I'm like, I don't know anybody. I'm going to run out of money soon. I can't drive everywhere. I got to preserve what little money I have left. um, So I can't do this. And so it was a real struggle. And then of course, COVID happened. Oh, right. And so then everything was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? So the journey has been very painful for me. But it's also been very rewarding for me because it allowed me to really tap into what was important to me, what what my purpose in life was. Um, I I operate from my Christian beliefs, um, mm-hmm. so I pray a lot, talk to the universe a lot, and you know what is it that I was supposed to be doing. And once I came into alignment with that and stopped fighting it, I found that my business started taking off way more because now I was in alignment with what I'm supposed to do and how I'm supposed to serve people. And so now I'm embracing it fully and I'm just, I'm out there. I'm going to do it. I'm doing my thing. And and I have noticed the shift in you um, from, it's not that you were hiding before, but you weren't out there before either. And now what I'm seeing, what you're sharing on social media platforms is both content as well as your personal story and your personal experience. Um, so I'm seeing that shift in you. But what I, if you're willing, I'd like to go back and talk a little bit about this painful period because I think we all go through this painful period. I know I'm going, uh, I was going through that painful period, I think along the same time that you were. And I think coincidentally, we happen to kind of come to figure out who we are more or less at the same time. So what was that period before you, you kind of had that shift? What was happening for you and what was your inner dialogue? It was dark. 
I will not lie. It was a very dark period because at some point I felt like I was failing. I was failing myself. I was failing my my grandchildren and the legacy that I wanted to leave for them. I just, I felt like a complete and utter failure. Like yeah. this isn't for me. I just need to go find another job, you know, and go, go help somebody else fulfill their dreams. Like that's the point that I got to. And a lot of times, you know, Netflix and I were best friends, mm-hmm. you know, so was Hulu and Disney channel. <laughs> we yeah. were the best of friends because it was just easier for me to, zone out and just focus on absolutely nothing. And then I would get those moments of, okay, now you're being stupid. Now you're being selfish. (laughs) It's time to get up and do something about this. And so I really had to turn back into my, into my notes, my training from where I had gone through coaching and get getting certified and, you know, using those skills on myself. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, did you go into your own toolbox to kind of pick yourself up? Okay. I did. I started really looking at what was I saying to myself and, and it got to a point where I was finding myself. I had, I have, I had a stack They're over by my, in the other room. Um, I had a stack this big of index cards that had my little affirmation statements and every day I would shuffle it like a card deck and I pull one out and that would be my focus for the day, you know? I am capable of making this business work. You know, I am phenomenal. I am like any kind of positive affirmation manifestation that I wanted to manifest into my life. I started really focusing on that, but I had to first identify my why. Yeah. Why am I wanting to do this business? Like, what is the real and once I really dug deep into that and I realized that my whole thing is about leaving a legacy, okay. leaving a legacy for my grandchildren. Right now I have 11 grandchildren. Um, I don't know if I'll ever get to my little baker's dozen that I want, but you know, there's always, <laughs> always hope. Um, just not for my daughter because she has the most. <laughs> she she okay, gave me the most okay. grandchildren. <laughs> I got two other kids. <laughs> they could yeah. pop up some, but um. <laughs> I just, I really realized that I didn't have anything growing up. I was adopted. We talked about that earlier. And so I didn't have that. I didn't have that long life of this is a generational thing. You know, my grandparents owned this or my grandparents did that. My great grandparents this. And I want to leave that legacy for my grandchildren so that when they're talking to their children and their grandchildren, they can talk about, well, Nana Mary, da 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 da, did this, and I remember when Nana Mary took me here. Like, I want to leave a legacy that they can be proud of, and that they can carry forward, that they can pay it forward, and continue to help other people and help create that lasting change for our universe. Because right now, our world is very broken; it's very hurt, and I think compassion can go a very long way. And I want my grandchildren to be able to take that that compassion and turn it into something that is beautiful. And we end up in a world that is just a gentler, kinder, and more compassionate. Yeah. Well, I love it when you're talking about your purpose as, as wanting to leave a legacy, because um, I've, I've got this thing that oftentimes when we're talking about purpose or what our big why is, you know, we're, we're putting it on somebody or something outside of ourselves, And so so, you know, when I'm, when I'm talking with my clients about this, like, you know, if they say, well, my purpose is my family. Okay. 
What is it that you want to create for your family? And then what, who is it that you need to be in order to be able to create that? Because I think that is, it, it's got to get back to us. Because as long as we're trying to um, achieve something for something outside of ourselves, then we're, we're, I think we're losing energy. And I think that that gets confusing because, you know, the big why, well, there's, first of all, I think there's the cultural message of, well, my big why has to be somebody or something outside of myself, otherwise I'm selfish, right? But but I would argue that it has to come back to our internal feelings. Because if if it's outside of me, then I'm all in my head. I'm not leading from my heart. I'm leading from my head because that's what I want and I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to be logical about it. So this legacy for you, just the way that you're describing it, feels like it's coming from your heart. So when you think about leaving a legacy, tell me a little bit about what it means to you to be able to leave this legacy. I know what you want to leave for your for your grandkids, and I know what you, kind of stories you want them to say, but what will that mean to you when you're in heaven, right, and you're looking down on your grandkids telling their kids about Nana Mary? What will that mean to you? It will mean that I had a positive impact on their, on the shaping of their little minds and of their values, their character, their personality. I will have had a say in how that was shaped and the human beings that they become. Yeah. Again, having that impact, right, uh, on on one another. I think that's really the purpose for most of us coming back to what is the impact that I want to have on on other people, because I think we're here to have impact on other people. I, I don't think we're here to be isolated. And I don't know, maybe some people are, I don't, and I won't take that away from them. But, um, you know, let's go with the idea that we are here to impact other people. And, and the, the satisfaction and the joy that that brings us. Right. So I, again, I think it, it's got to lead because, right, where is this energy coming from you now? It's not coming from outside of you. This energy you're experiencing is bubbling up from the inside. Like I said, once I embraced what I was capable of and that what I have to offer is important because there's a lot of women and even men that feel the way that I have felt in my entrepreneurial journey. And depending on what circumstances they had in their life, it shapes what the trajectory in which they're going to go. They're either going to keep pushing until they're successful or they're just going to give up and they're going to go back in time and go back to accepting mediocrity as part of their life. And, and I was there, like I was this close. So in, in the spirit of transparency, I actually took a job with the state of Arizona okay. for a short period of time. It lasted all of seven months. And I realized five months in, yeah, this is not what I want to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. I deserve so much more than this. I am capable of making such a bigger impact. And I had that conversation with my supervisor. I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. So another opportunity has, has opened for me and I'm going to pursue that opportunity as opposed to staying here and doing this same thing that I don't have any passion or joy for. Like it got to the point where I dreaded having to get up, go log into my computer and start the day. Like it was, it became a drudgery for me. And I knew that when that started happening, that the universe was speaking to me. And it was like, this isn't what we wanted for you to do. You know, we have a tendency, you know, I I grew up 
in, in, I didn't grow up in church, but my younger adult, I was, I was very active in church. And I remember the pastors were always talking about, you know, you, God has plans for you, right? You make plans, but then God has something different for you. He knows the path that you're going in, but you are being stubborn and you're trying to do it your way. And the more you do it your way, the more it doesn't work. Well, that was me. I was trying to force something and it wasn't working. And then that day that I said, okay, God, I give up. I'm done. Just tell me what to do. And then I started doing exactly what I was supposed to do. You know, I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, okay, let me write that down. Or, okay, I'm awake. And now I'm like working on it. Okay, okay. And I found I wasn't tired. I wasn't exhausted. My daughter would get on me. Mom, you need to get some sleep. You are getting older. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. Okay, I appreciate it. But I'm (laughs) fine. (laughs) I'm fine. I'm not tired. I can do this. (laughs) And so once all of that, you know, the... I found that I wasn't watching as much television as I was before. Now it's like, eh, it's on for background noise, but I'm not really even paying attention to it anymore. And it's gotten to the point now where I don't even turn it on. <laughs> so sure. that's when I knew that I had crossed that, that threshold. I jumped the line and was like, I'm in the zone. I am where I'm supposed to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And what I'm hearing is there had to be a surrender. I had to stop caring about what other people thought of me. Okay. And I had to stop, I had to stop using my daughter as an excuse. Well, I got to help with the kids. I got to do this. Well, the kids are so noisy. I can't focus. I had to stop all of it. It's like, it, it starts with you. It starts with you looking deep in here, going deep in here, and then telling those voices that tell you that, you know, this isn't your life. This isn't what you're supposed to do. Nobody cares who's going to listen to you. You know, there's already so many coaches out there. What makes you so special? You know, you have to shut the bully up between your ears. That's what I like to call it. The bully between your ears has to be shut down. And once I started doing that, I have a whole new perspective on life. And it's like, you know what? I don't really care what you think. I'm either for you or I'm not for you. Right. You know, we all have our specialties. We all have our personas that we attract with people. And I know that there are people because I've had many people reach out to me in recent times. They're like, oh my God, Mary, I'm so glad to see you. I remember when you helped me, I've I've got victims that I advocated for 10, 12, 13 years ago, messaging me on messenger going, I have been looking for you. Let me tell you what you did for me. And that just, I knew then that I was in the right path because the people started finding me. Yes. Tell me how much I made a difference in their life. So if you were to summarize um, maybe a bit or two of advice for someone who is still in that dark space, and, and that dark space can be anything, right? It can be, I don't know exactly what I'm doing. It's all those limiting, but I can't, can I do it? Can I do it? I don't know. Is there anything in particular that worked for you to help move through that into that surrender space? For me, it was doing a lot of journaling. Okay. Like I made a list of every perceived wrong. Okay. Right. And you notice I use the word perceive because we perceive something is wrong depending on our mood for that day. So anything that I perceived that had ever been done wrong to me, I wrote it down and I wrote down how it made me feel. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote a letter of forgiveness. So my ex-husband, number one on the list, because you know, we had our things that went on. 
And I literally had to write myself a letter of forgiveness to him, forgiving everything that I felt he had ever done, done wrong. And then I wrote a letter of forgiveness for myself of everything that I felt that I had ever done wrong. And then I took and I burned them and said, no more. I will no longer focus on that because that doesn't matter to me anymore. That happened. It's over. There's no going back to change it. But I have to forgive myself for the way I felt, the way I reacted, and the way I handled things. That's powerful work. Powerful work. So we could go into the work that you're doing with your clients. But before we do, would you be willing to tell us your riches to rag story? <laughs> you know, it's funny that you asked that because I recently, I recently came up with that when I was writing the, the content for my new program that I'm going to release soon. And it was one of those, so what makes Mary Denise so unique? You know, you're probably asking yourself, what makes you so different from the thousands of other coaches they're sitting here telling me I can change my life. And all I could think of was, it's simple. I don't have a rags to riches story. I have a riches to rags story. And what that means is in my, probably in my late 20s, I started, you know, my, my ex-husband and I, we were married for 24 years. We had started making money. You know, we started, we started getting settled in our lives. And, you know, at one point I had a six-figure income with him. And then it transitioned to, I had my own six-figure income, right? I could buy what I wanted. I did what I wanted. I went where I wanted. I traveled eight to 10 times a year. Like, it was nothing for me to get on a plane. I lived in Alaska at the time. Flights are not cheap. Um, I, anything that my daughter wanted, I got for her. Anything that my grandchildren wanted, I got for them. Like, I was spending money left and right because I could, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't have that mm -hmm. concept of, Dummy, you live alone. You're a single person. You need to plan for your future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was not something that I was thinking about. All I was thinking about, oh, yeah, I got money in the bank. Boom, let's spend it. Right. Um, and so when I lost my job, I lost my six-figure salary. Mm -hmm. About a humbling experience, you know, because now I could no longer afford my rent by myself. So it was one of those, okay, I got to move into an apartment that I can afford. So I had to downsize significantly. I had to get rid of so many of my belongings. And a lot of stuff is, and to, to this day, a lot of my stuff is still in storage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's still in storage in Alaska. Um, but I downsized completely. Then when I moved here, a whole other thing, things are more expensive. I thought they'd be cheaper. But no, they were more expensive. Um, you have to actually drive like a five Something that's five miles away will take you 20 to 30 minutes to get to. So yeah. that's more gas you're spending. That's more, you know, more time, more wear and tear on your vehicle. And so I, I was at one point, I had no money. Like I was really struggling. I was struggling to make my rent. I was like, how am I going to make my rent here? Like, what am I doing? But God always provided. God always made sure that my rent was paid. My car payment, you know, I played the let's hide from the repo man many times. <laughs> Okay. Many times I made sure that car stayed in the garage and I only went somewhere if I absolutely had to. Um, and then it was like, let me get in, get out in case the repo man is driving around the parking lot looking for the car. Um, it's no way to live. It's no fun. But I lived it. Mm -hmm. You know, not, you know, not having enough food to eat, making sure, you know, I had, you know, I always had eggs and rice and always made soup and peanut butter, you know, just to make sure that I could nourish myself. But it was, it was a very humbling experience for me. And it made me 
it made me realize how wasteful I was with my money because I didn't have anything in savings. I was completely, I was completely broke. Like I had no money, (laughs) you know, and now that I'm, I'm starting to, to do things differently, I'm appreciative of the money that I get now. And now I'm not so quick to just, oh, let me go spend it. No, no, I don't need that. Yeah. No, I don't need to eat out. I don't need to, you know, I wasn't eating out before because I didn't have right. the money to eat out. <laughs> right. And now that I've got a little bit of money coming in, I'm like, yeah, no, we can just cook dinner. Oh, yeah. We'll just cook something. So my, my rich, my riches to rag story was very humbling for me. How do you think that has shaped um, how you uh, coach your clients? I have a lot more understanding for people. You know, I've had coaches that I've worked with that have said, well, if you really want my services, you'll go sell your car. Mm. You know, if you really want my services, you can get a loan. No, if I had money to get a loan, I wouldn't be using you to help me figure out how to build my business. <laughs> right, right. Type wow. situation. So I have a lot more empathy and a lot more compassion. And, you know, I don't believe that... I don't believe that we need to charge an arm and a leg to help somebody. Yeah. There are people out there that really need some help. They want the help, but it's out of reach for them most of the time. You know, or they go into massive debt trying to to get into, you know, starting their own business, whether it's, even if it's not a coaching business, even if it's, like, you know, a brick and mortar business, a lot of people will go into some serious debt trying to figure out how to make it work and then they lose everything and I did that you know in the early 2000s I opened a bakery of all the things in the world I opened a bakery slash restaurant yes it was a great idea at the time but in hindsight I had no experience running a restaurant I yeah didn't know you know but yeah and it lasted all the two years I was like yeah we're done (laughs) can't do this anymore and I closed it down yeah it was it was what yeah. was the biggest challenge in that the whole thing getting whole employees thing. <laughs> getting employees, employees. Okay. yeah that's a hard yeah. thing you're talking the food industry and and there's a I'm a I'm a perfectionist when it comes to stuff so I want things to be done the right way and I don't take shortcuts especially when it's talking about preparing food for somebody else to consume like I was always petrified. What if somebody gets food poisoning or what if this happens? And so I was very meticulous about all of that. And so sometimes the staff didn't appreciate how, how attentive to details I was. (laughs) Sure. Sure. So it was hard to keep staff for that reason. But then also, you know, a lot of staff, it's hard to keep staff in the restaurant industry. Yeah. Especially after, after COVID, I got an even more appreciation for, for restaurant workers and everything. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend anybody open a restaurant, though. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing your story, because I think that that is a story that does shape who you are and shapes um, how you interact and and guide your clients. Um, So I really appreciate you sharing that with us. So let's shift now to talking about who is your ideal client and what are some of the biggest challenges that they come to you with? So my ideal client is that person that is tired of letting their thoughts rule their life, right? They're tired of someone else dictating to them what to do. 
They're tired of helping someone else achieve their dream while they're left sitting here doing all the work and getting none of the rewards or the recognition for it, right? They want more for their lives. They want more for themselves. They want more for their families. And they just, they want to know how to do it. They want to have someone that can encourage them to do it and, and lead them in the right direction, right? You know, I'm not yes. here to do it for you, but I'm here to help you understand how you think about yourself and how you can shape those beliefs about yourself. Because, you know, we start believing things as a child, right? Okay. Our parents tell us, they tell us what to think. They tell us what to believe. Our teachers Everybody, they tell us all what to do. And then nobody tells us, but you have the ability to believe something on your own merits of your own accord. Nobody ever tells us that until we're adults. And by then we're so ingrained in what we believe that we don't believe we can change. (laughs) That's yeah. Right. It's like the fish in water. The fish doesn't know they're on water. Um, We don't know that we're operating from these beliefs because they're just so familiar to us. And most of the time we think, Everyone believes this. So if, and I think that was one of my challenges, because I think I always did kind of challenge uh, what I was being taught. I was also adopted. And so I think for me, especially as a child being adopted, um, there was a bit of distance. There was just a little bit of def- distance between me and my my family. And there was a gap. Let's just put it that way. There's a little bit of gap. And in that gap, there was room for questions. Um, and so I think I was always asking the questions, but when others around me weren't asking those questions, then I started to think, well, maybe I'm not supposed to be asking these questions. What's wrong with me that I'm asking these questions, right? Why can't I just accept it? Like everybody else seems to be accepting it. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, just having those, being aware of the stories that we're living by. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's helpful to go back to when did that story happen, but oftentimes it, it doesn't even require us to do that. It's really just a matter of, holy crap, did I just say that to myself? <laughs> it, it's interesting because the first time I realized that we had the ability to have our own beliefs, I was a freshman in college. I was in a social, I was in a, so, it was either social work or sociology class. I don't remember which, but the professor said something very profound to me. And I was like, whoa, I need to look at this more. And this professor said, a child's view is that of their own. So if you grow up in a house where things are chaotic, things, you know, are a mess, things, you're never taught to put things into place. You're never taught to go wash your hands after you use the bathroom or come in from playing outside. Then that child's view is that's the way everybody else's life is. But then that child goes to their friend's house where there's more order more more rules no you will wash your hands before you sit down to eat no you will wash your hands when you come in from the outside you will put your toys away after you finish playing with them then that child is saying wait a minute i don't have to do that at my house why do you have to do that at your house and then they start realizing that there's more to life than just what's in their door and that when that professor said that to me it just changed everything for me and how i saw things from that point forward you must have just started going through all kinds of beliefs and wondering what, where did that come from? Yep. Do I still need this? Can I let this go? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So 
so you were really in that space where your ideal client is residing right now, wanting something more, not knowing how to get more. And I think too, even as I hear myself saying something more, there's a sense of, of having to do more and, and work harder and, and be better, right? As if we don't have more because we're not enough. And, um, so I think that sometimes, in fact, I've had clients who say, well, I don't, I don't want more. I don't want my business to grow more. And it, the more is, A, I don't know how to do it. Um, so I might be, I might fail if I achieve this. But the other thing is, if I do get more, how is that going to disrupt and up, upend my life? Right. And so it's better and sometimes easier from that unconscious perspective. Just, just stay where you are. It's all good. <laughs> You can be happy with this. Mm-hmm. You've been happy with this for so many years. You can be happy with this. Mm-hmm. So that's where your your ideal client is now. Tell me about where where you can take them. What happens for them after they work with you? So a lot of my clients have been able to redefine what success looks like for them. Right? They think that they're successful now, but once they once they unpack that the the self talk that they give themselves every day, once they unpack that, they realize, oh my gosh, I can be more successful. And and being more successful doesn't mean, you know, just having more, a bigger house, a bigger car, a bigger this. It doesn't mean that. It could be as simple as I've always wanted to start a charity or I've always wanted yes. to donate to an organization and and be able to back them and and do this. And so once they've learned that more could mean that, the world changes because now they see how they're helping other people. Cause at the end of the day, we all want to help people. We right, all right. do. You know, we see the stories when I was growing up, I always saw the, what was it? The UNICEF commercials with the little boy that had the little fly on his eye, sure. the little tear. Yeah. And, you know, you're like, Oh, I just want to help that person. You know, we all have an innate ability and want and desire to help other people that are less fortunate than us. And that's what the redefining success for yourself looks like. Mm-hmm. How do you help other people? Um, they get to embrace change, right? It's no longer, it's okay for you to talk to me that way. It's okay for you to treat me this way at work and ignore me. No, it's not okay. Now they've learned, no, it's not okay for you to treat me this way. I have a voice and you need to hear what I have to say. Um, they get to redefine their values. Some people don't even know what their values are. Right, right. Some people don't even know what values are. <laughs> right. And so they learn this and then they're like, oh my gosh, this is what I value. This is what's important to me. This is what I want to guide. This is what I want to, to change in my child's life, you know, mm-hmm. so that they can, you know, help shape their children as well. They get to invest in themselves. And I'm not talking about monetarily, you know, you know, in the beginning, when I first started the coaching world, it was all about, well, invest in yourself, invest in yourself. And it was always to me, I equated that with money because of the way programs were presented. But the reality is investing in yourself means taking time for self-care, mm-hmm. taking time to do the things that are map, that are important to you, whether it's just to go sit in the park somewhere and watch the birds, write, write some music, play a guitar, whatever. You have to invest in yourself because we can give, 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 but at the end of the day, we're left drained and we're incapacitated and we can't, we can't think of anything else anymore. So they learn to invest in themselves to, to, so that they can make sure that they're healthy and everything else. Um, they also learn how to respect themselves. 
right? If you don't respect yourself, how do you expect anybody else to respect you? Yeah, right. So if you don't respect your time, why should anybody else respect your time, right? If you don't respect yourself, how do you expect anybody else to, to respect what you have to say when you come into a room or when you're sitting in that office meeting and you're sitting in the corner somewhere <laughs> and right. they totally ignore you, even though you have the greatest idea since peanut butter and jelly and it can change the trajectory of the company growth, but they don't respect you. So they don't listen to anything you have to say. So those are some of the big things, but most importantly, they learn to know what it takes to create a life that they love. One that they are excited to get up about, they're excited to plan, they're excited to just live. They, they live into that future and see what life is going to look like because I learned this the hard way. My whole young adult life was about my children. I neglected my ex-husband. Right. It was like once we started having children, life was all about the children. Well, guess what? Those children grow up. They leave. You're still married. Right. You still have a relationship with this person. <laughs> now you're looking at each other. You're going, oh, what the hell? What do I do? Right. Who are you? I don't like you anymore. <laughs> yeah. I don't have anything in common with you anymore. And so you have to learn to, to, to rebuild that life. So why not build it now? Why not incorporate what you want your life to look like after your children leave the house? Beautiful. So we yes. got divorced after my children were grown and out the house, basically. I, I only had okay. one left at home. She was 15, but the others had already gone. So it was like the empty nest syndrome started a little earlier, but you literally, you literally go like this in your two ships in the night, just chugging along. So there are some things I wish I could have done differently. So now I'm all about explaining to folks, you know what, if you really love this person and you can see yourself living with them for the rest of your life, you have to start building your life together. Your children, they're going to be resilient. They're going to be okay. As a matter of fact, they're going to love and appreciate you more if they see the changes that you make towards each other and how oh, you live yes. and love each other. Right. because And I think that you're touching on a piece that I, I think is really relevant right now, right? We've been through two years of, of COVID. Uh, we've been through two years of, of separation and lots of, of collective anxiety. Now we have this world conflict uh, going on in the Ukraine. And, you know, I think we all feel a little bit powerless to do anything about these big things. But what we do have the power to do is to, to take care of ourselves and bring ourselves to this happy place. Because the more we bring ourselves there, the more we bring our families into that space with us. And then they're able to, to create those spaces for their, their families and their communities and their networks. So I think that is really, you know, when, that's what I'm telling myself. Like, I can't, I can't do anything about what's happening in the Ukraine. I can't do anything about what has happened with, with COVID. But I do have control over what happens here between my head and my heart and, and that impact that I have on my circle uh, of network. Um, and, and just, I believe that um, it's not just a hope, right? It's a belief that there's that energy right and and when people see that energy and experience that energy they want to be a part of that 
Um, and if we can just create these bubbles where people are connected, genuinely connected to one another, not just because I happen to be related to you or I happen to have gone to school with you or whatever, right? It's a choice. And it's, it's, I want to say the word commitment is coming to me, but it, that sounds really, um, it feels heavy, but, but not, it's not a commitment in a obligation sort of way. It's a commit, it's a heart commitment. It's, it, it's a mutual benefit commitment. And I think that's how we improve our world is by Absolutely. starting with us. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mary, is there any other, any last thoughts that you would have for your ideal clients that might be listening to this? Um, is there one or two things that you would suggest to them that maybe they could get started with um, while they're getting to the the website and finding you? The biggest piece of advice that I will share that was shared with me by a mentor that I absolutely adore was the conditions and circumstances of your life do not have to define you. Mm-hmm. So accept that those conditions and circumstances it is what it is that you have the power. You have the power to change those conditions and circumstances in your life. And it starts by changing your perspective. When you can change your perspective on how you have seen things in the past and you look at it with a different lens, your future will change. You know, this isn't any hooey, hoopla stuff. You know, this is real. I've lived it. I've had those thoughts before. Yeah, okay, whatever. This is hoopla. Hooey. This is a bunch of hooey. Who cares? But no, the reality is until you face those inner demons and you start pushing, pushing back against them and you start pushing back against those negative beliefs or and you start believing in yourself, that is when your life will truly, truly change. So embrace embrace how you feel own how you feel it's okay but now move past that don't stay stuck right there i give my clients one chance i said okay you get one day to feel sorry for yourself and after this the work begins so go ahead go cry it out drink it out whatever it is that you have to do go do it but tomorrow is the start of a new day and all of this goes back here And now we're focused on the future. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your gifts with us today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So tell the listeners then where they can find you. So I'm in the process of revamping my website and it's called theboldadvocate.com. So I actually, actually, let me change that because I just changed it. It's theboldadvocateleadershipinstitute.com is what we're migrating to because that's where I'm going to put all of my courses and things of that nature. So I'm in the process of building it. I will be sending out the registration form for my eight-week course here in the next week or so. So that'll open up. And I'm like super excited. Like I'm super excited about this because I'm going to teach everybody what I know, what I have experienced. And boy, have I got some stories to tell. Ah, I love that. I'm that I person that. that my whole life would be a lifetime movie. Like for real, it would be a lifetime okay. movie. <laughs> Excellent. Well, check out Mary Denise at her website. Tell us again, the Bold the Advocate bold, Leader- The Bold Advocate Leadership Institute. Dot com. Dot com. Excellent. 
Mary, thank you again. I really, I am grateful for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hi, this is Mary. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you are coming away feeling maybe a little inspired, maybe a little more informed, or maybe just rested. Most of all, I hope you're coming away feeling empowered. If you do, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. But most importantly, please pass along this sense of empowerment to your friends and to your networks. Thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you.